0: All right, clock him. What was his time? E thirty-seven seconds, sir. Are you kidding me? That's like seven seconds off the rest of the field. You know what that means. Oh, great, another field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best. Now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What's up everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers and thank you for tuning in too the Field Filler Podcast. We just had our second doubleheader of the 2020 season. We're getting ready to go to a track that we have not seen yet before in the NASCAR Cup Series. And yes, we also have a lot of silly season things going on here for the 2021 season. We're going to cover all of that. But first things first, happy August 10th. You know what day it is? Today is National lazy day, so you know what that means, we're actually not going to go through any of this stuff, in fact, I'm going to take a break, Um, I'm not even going to do the outro, so thank you guys, thank you for listening, quickest episode, bye, see ya, see ya, adios. Yeah, just kidding. I'm not going to be doing that to you guys. However, you guys can still celebrate it. I don't know. Um, how do you celebrate National Lazy Day? Just don't do anything. Just go be a couch potato for the night. I don't know what else to really say, but enough about the jokes. Let's get into it. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Let's first get started with the double header results at Michigan. Ah, yes, it is the Funkalicious music. You know what that means. It's time to get into it. We're first going to get started with the Saturday race, as there was two races that obviously happened in the Cup Series at Michigan International Speedway. The first one was 322 miles. We had 12 lead changes among seven drivers and also nine cautions for 43 laps. But in the end, it was Kevin Harvick, driver of the number four, who dominated the race. He led 92 of the 161 laps, won both stage 1, stage 2. He was easily the victor of the race on Saturday. Congratulations to Kevin Harvick for Stuart Haas Racing, driver of the number 4 machine. Finishing second was the number 2 of Brad Keselowski. Finishing third we have the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Finishing fourth is the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing fifth we have the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Finishing sixth is the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Finishing seventh we have the number 9 of Chase Elliott. Finishing eighth is the number 22 of Joey Logano. Finishing ninth was the number 43 of Bubba Wallace. Good job for him. And rounding out the top 10 was was the number one of Kurt Busch finishing 11th we have the number 20 of Eric Jones finishing 12th is the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson finishing 13th the top rookie the number 95 of Christopher Bell finishing 14th was the number 24 of William Byron finishing 15th we have the number 21 of Matt DeBandetto. finishing 16th was the number 10 of Eric Amarola not a really good day for him finishing 17th is the number 42 of Matt Kenseth finishing 18th is the number 8 of Tyler Reddick another rookie Finishing 19th is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. And rounding out the top 20 was the number 17 of Chris Busher. That is your top 20. Some noticeable drivers who finished uh, 21st or worse was the number 21 of Alex Bowman. Won some points in both the stages, however, could not seal the deal. He finished 21st. Ryan Newman got into some problems near the end of the race, finishing 28th. As well as Austin Dillon, finishing 31st. You also had problems with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who finished 10th in stage 1, but also got into an accident later in the race. Race, still was able to finish on the lead lap all those guys they just all had damage and then John Hunter Nemechek uh, wrecks out in an accident as well as Cole Custer they're credited with the 36th and 34th position. Now, as far as this race goes, I guess some of the highlights are the simple fact that Kevin Harvick absolutely dominated. There's no question about that. He deserved this win to get his fifth win of the season and to tie Lee Petty at 54 wins. It was just an incredible job by him. As far as everything else went, it's about a race that you would expect at a two-mile racetrack, especially with Michigan. Nothing too exciting, nothing too flashy, just a race in the middle of the summer. And as far as the choose cone goes, that did bring a lot of excitement because you could see everybody wanted to be on the outside lane and we got to see people take gambles on the inside. Um, People like Bubba Wallace, that really helped out. So that's been really cool to see... First half, not too much happened. Second half, then when we were having all the restarts, that's when a lot of action was going on, especially with a little bit of the strategies. You could see people going on the outside or the inside, taking two tires, four tires, or trying everything they could to stay up front. It was a good summer race. Nothing exciting, nothing like it wasn't the top race of the season. It was something that we definitely need as far as a summer race goes. So I think it was an all right race for Michigan for the first one. Now let's move on to the second one, and let's see if it favored just as well as the one on Saturday. Saturday. Deja vu, I have heard this song before in the middle of the podcast. Okay, never mind. I I tried to freestyle that, and that was just absolutely horrid. I apologize to everyone on that one. But, yes, we did have a second race that happened on Sunday. This was race 22 out of 36. This one was 312 miles, so five laps short from the Saturday race. And we had five cautions for 24 laps, and we only had 10 lead changes among six drivers. And once again... Kevin Harvick was the winner of this race. He led 90 laps, one lap less than he did in the previous race. One stage two, not stage one. He is credited with his sixth win of the season and his 55th win overall in his career. He ties Rusty Wallace. Congratulations to the Stuart Haas racing team. They dominated this weekend, and it gave Kevin Harvick two wins in that number four machine. Finishing second is the number 11 at Denny Hamlin, a little better from yesterday. Finishing third was the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Finishing fourth was the number 18 of Kyle Bush. Great run for Joe Gibbs, finishing second, third, and fourth in the Sunday race. Finishing fifth is the number 22 of Joey Logano, finishing sixth with a great bounce back from Saturday. The number 10 of Eric Amarola finishes sixth. Finishing seventh, we have the number 21 of Matt DeBandetto. Finishing eighth is the number three of Austin Dillon. Finishing ninth is the number nine of Chase Elliott. And rounding up the top ten, once again, is the number 10 of Kurt Bush. Finishing 11th, we have the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson. Finishing 12th is the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing 13th is the number six of Ryan Newman. Finishing 14th is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. He actually won stage one due to the invert from the previous race, so he was up front at the beginning. Finishing 15th is the number 42 of Matt Kenseth. Finishing 16th is the number 37 of Ryan Priest. Finishing 17th is the number 95 of Christopher Bell. Finishing 18th is the number 13 of Ty Dillon. Finishing 19th is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And round out the top 20 is the number 17 of Chris Buescher. Some noticeable drivers who finished uh, 21st or worse was the number 2 of Brad Keselowski and the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. They were at At the front, first and second, when they both ran into each other to cause an accident on lap 95, they're credited with 38th and 39th. Big bummer for those guys. Um, Other drivers, the number 27 of Eric Jones ran into some problems near the end collected some stage points in both one and two however he finishes 27th Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick and John Hunter Nemechek, the rookies all finished 23rd 24th 25th not really a good run at Kansas and then the top finishing open charter car was the number 96 of Daniel Suarez finishing 26th and that is your final results for the second race at Michigan International Speedway so let's get into this race This race was quick, and when I mean quick, it was the fastest race since 2017 from going to beginning to end. There wasn't hardly anything that happened. We did have some tire problems. I mean, Alex Bowman was another person. He finished 36th due to a tire. Uh, Brad Keselowski got loose underneath Ryan Blaney, which was a really bad call on his part. He went into that corner way too fast. And then people like Christopher Bell got flat tires, and I think Clint Boyer even got a flat tire, got lucky because he was on the lucky dog position right afterwards so he was able to get back on the lead lap but other than that there really wasn't much to talk about this one right here um, I was hoping for a little bit of a shakeup. maybe the racing was going to be a little bit different maybe we would have different contenders but Kevin Harvick was just dominant all weekend and then you had Martin Trex Jr. up there finishing third wasn't the guy to beat but definitely going to get a top three Kyle Busch Joey Logano those guys ran up front Eric Amarola was able to turn things around uh, one thing I didn't like to see was Eric Amarola uh, had a miscommunication, so he did not go down pit road when everyone else did, but he managed to stay up front the whole time, which just proves that this Gen 6 car, it doesn't matter if you're on bad tires or not, if you're up front, you're going to be up front the whole time. doesn't matter how bad your car was in traffic, up front trumps all. So that was the only uh, downer of this race, and also it just wasn't as exciting as the Saturday race um, now I know why they do double headers for tracks like Pocono and they decided to do it here at Michigan it's one of those race tracks that's just like yeah it's on a schedule we gotta get it done why don't we just throw two of them here so we can just get over it so you guys can just survive on and we can move on to a more exciting race like yeah we're doing two races here at Michigan it doesn't sound exciting but hey Daytona road course coming next week don't miss it that's basically what it felt like but Overall the races need to be what they need to be The you had your top guys running up front the entire time They're duking it out Obviously Denny Hamlin Kevin Harvick, maybe Martin Trex jr. Kyle Busch and Joey Logano Those are the gonna be the guys that are gonna be running for the championship most noticeably Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin They ran up front most of the time That's exactly what we need as far as the playoffs go the cutoff line all those guys were duking it out for the points So the race did what it needed to do for a summer race so overall Really good, not the best uh, racing of the year, but it is what it is for the summer. It's going to be a lot more exciting for next week because we're going to be going to the Daytona Road Course, a track that none of these guys except for 10 people have raced here before, however none of them have raced here in the Cup Series cars. So that is going to be really exciting, it's also going to be really tough to determine who's going to be the best there. But before we start talking about the Daytona Road Course, let's first look at our Fantasy Live picks and see... Who did the best and who absolutely let us down? It's time for Fantasy Live. Alrighty, so we already know how this is set up. We went over our picks on Thursday, and we had 15 picks overall. We had five people who we considered our top dogs, five people who were the top ten guys, and five people who were our dark horses. We could only go with six people for our Fantasy Live, and I said that the top dogs were going to be Kyle Busch, Martin Trex Jr., Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and Brad Keselowski. Our top ten guys were going to be Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, and... Ryan Blaney, and then our Dark Horses were gonna be Alex Bowman, Cole Custer, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and William Byron. Let's see how these guys did in both of the races. Kevin Harvick was without a doubt the best top dog and he was the best guy overall this weekend. He won both races. In the first race, he scored 60 points. That's a perfect score that you can get. The only time you can get more points than that is at the Coca-Cola 600, so I really hope you guys went with Kevin Harvick. This was a great weekend to use him. I used him for the Saturday race, not the Sunday race. Kind of kicking myself, but you still have plenty more picks for Kevin Harvick later in the year because there's a lot of good upcoming tracks. But good job for Kevin Harvick. He scored total 113 points this weekend at Michigan. Kyle Busch was actually really good. He did a lot better his second race. He scored 49 points. His first race only 39 points, but still you're not going to complain about that too much. I mean, if you were just wanting to go with one race, obviously the second race was better. Um, Overall top three guy uh, on Sunday's race. He scored a total of 88 points, the second best out of anybody this weekend. Martin Trex Jr. finished third both times. Not any stage points, so he only got 68 points, even though he finished in the top three. So that was a bit of a bummer. He averages out 40 points, but still, that's still really good. Brad Keselowski did really good the first race and then completely let us down the second race. I used him for the second race, and I really started kicking myself because I was like, I had those mixed up. I should have used him for Saturday, not Sunday, because Saturday he scored 47 points. Sunday he wrecked out, so that was a bit of a bummer for him. Joey Logano uh, scored 29 points on Saturday, 35 points on Sunday, so fairly good. More of a top 10 guy than he was a top 5 guy, but he still did pretty good. Chase Elliott, 33 points, 28 points. I said on average he would finish 8th, and that's exactly what he did. He finished 7th one race, and then he finished ninth the other race. Averages out to 8th place, so I was pretty spot on on that one, but that's what Chase Elliott does at Michigan. He's going to get you an 8th place finish, basically. Denny Hamlin was actually a top dog this weekend. Um, He scored 48 points on Saturday and 40 points on Sunday. Even though he finished second, the race he did uh, on Saturday, he scored 48 points due to all the stage racing, and he finished sixth, so if you went with Denny Hamlin as a top 10 guy, you were very, very happy. Uh, Denny Hamlin's just dominating this year with Kevin Harvick. It's going to be between those two guys. Kurt Bush did really, really well. He finished 10th both times. That's why I said he would be a top 10 guy. Didn't think he would be running for the win, but he did score quite a quite a lot of points. 38 points on Saturday, 29 points on Sunday. That's great for Kurt Busch. Um, I know you guys probably haven't used him nearly as much as those other guys, so it was really good to see Kurt Busch really perform for you there. Eric Amarola was really hit and miss. Saturday he was a miss with 21 points, 16th. First time he hasn't finished in the top 10 this summer. That was a big downer for us. But he redeemed himself on Saturday scoring 34 points. I got scared and I dropped him off on Saturday and look what he did. I should have stuck with my guns because 34 points is actually not that bad for Eric Amarola. Ryan Blaney, he's exactly what he is. He's a wild card Scored 50 points on Sunday. Absolutely did great. And then he got wrecked out by his teammate, scored six. That's basically what Ryan Blaine's gonna be from here on out until we get into the playoffs. He's either gonna score you a crap load of points or he's gonna score you single-digit points. That is basically Ryan Blaney right now. So he's more of a risk taker, but still, if you put him on for Saturday, you were pretty pumped about that one. Alex Bowman really didn't perform at all. He only scored 24 points in total. Uh, Cole Custer was a real big letdown. Austin Dillon was a bit of a letdown. Tyler Reddick was a real huge letdown. And then William Byron did actually pretty good for us. He scored about 54 points total, 30 points in the first race, and then I think it was 24 points. Oh, I got that mixed up. 23 points on Saturday, 30 points on Sunday. That's exactly what he needs to do if he wants to make it into the playoffs. Just scoring that many points right around 29 or more points, he'll make it in. Unless someone else gets a victory who's outside the top 20. I think William Byron did exactly what he needed to do. Hopefully he did everything that you guys need him to do. Uh, some people I left out that actually did extremely well that I was really bummed out was... I left out Eric Jones. And I don't know how I forgot about Eric Jones. I, I had him on my list. I looked at all the results. And I did not mention him once. Uh, on Thursday so I completely missed the ball on that one I'll take full responsibility for that Uh, he did finish uh, 11th on Saturday he did get a bit of a bummer finish on Sunday finishing 27th but he was doing really good he scored overall 58 points so if you use him for Saturday awesome congrats for not listening to me you actually did your homework and I completely forgot about that and Christopher Bell was another guy who did actually really good. Yes, he finished thirteenth and seventeenth, but he was really scoring dark horse points because he scored twenty four points on Saturday, not the best, but thirty six points uh, on Sunday. He did phenomenal in stage racing, finished second and then fourth. Thirty six points—that's awesome. Hopefully, you guys didn't listen to me as that uh, with him as well because he was definitely the top rookie. And Tyler Reddick let me down. So bad. Like, so bad he let me down. I thought he was going to do really good, and he scored a total of 32 points. You bastard. Why would you do that to me? Now you've screwed yourself over for the playoffs. Now you got a big hole to redeem yourself from. Well, we'll see how he does in the final races, but... Some noticeable drivers that um, did really well that we did not include on our list was Clint Boyer in the number 14. He won stage one, led 43 laps, scored 39 points, did not finish in the top 10, but still got a lot of points. Very good for him. Um, I completely missed him. It was mostly due to the invert where he did really, really well. So good job on him. He needed that kind of finish to stay in the top 16. Matthew Bandetto was another person who did really good on Sunday, scored 37 points, Almost as much as Clint Boyer finishing fourth in stage one and finishing the top ten, he had a really good run near the end, so congrats to him. Those two guys I completely missed off. Um, I thought Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, Cole Custer were really going to do good, and Tyler Reddick. They just completely let me down on this race, which is it's a bummer, but at least I didn't pick him as like top 10 guys or top dogs. If that would have happened, then I really, really should reconsider doing a podcast about fantasy live picks, obviously. <laughs> now, before we put this points things to a rest, we got to see who the best observer was. There was three of us. Who was it? Was it Crazy Corrado, Mechanical Manny, or was it me? Well, I'm going to spoil the beans real quickly and let you guys know that it was not me because holy hell, I didn't even win one. I didn't even finish six second in any of these. I was trash. My nickname should be like Trash Boat Vanilla Wafers. Uh, That's a regular show reference if you guys are not familiar with that. But I finished third place on Saturday with a score of 159 points because I had Custer and Dylan. And then I finished... 3rd once again with 131 points because I had Blaney, Brad Keselowski, and Tyler Reddick. It was horrible. You know, I I said that I was a bum last week. I think I'm gonna have to double down on being a bum once again because, man, I blew it. No, you know what? No, I'm not a bum. I'm totally not a bum. I'm not taking this credit. I am going to blame the Dark Horses, all of them bums, all of them on the list, except William Byron. He did alright, but everyone else is gonna be on the list. Of bums. Not me. I will just take my bronze medal and go sit in the corner and just cry just a little bit. But let me just say for these other two guys, Mechanical Manny and Crazy Corrado, they've really stepped up their game. They have been picking some top dogs. Mechanical Manny had William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Eric Amroll, and Brad Keselowski his first day. And then he decided to switch out Hamlin with Kevin Harvick. And Crazy Corrado had Harvick, Truex, Logano, Elliott, Blaney, and Newman. And they switched out Ryan Newman for Brad Keselowski on the second day. And these guys both traded wins. Mechanical Manny won Sunday's race with a point score of 194. And Crazy Corrado won Saturday with a score of 206. So they did phenomenal. But the question is, who did worse the second day? Was it Mechanical Manny or was it Crazy Corrado? The results are in. And your winner, getting their second win of this season, is Mechanical Manny. He wins for the second time in a row, just dominating this weekend. Scored 194 points on Sunday and 190 points on Saturday with a combined score of 384 points. There's just nothing else you can say except congratulations to Mechanical Manny. You were just spot on this weekend. Crazy Corrado, you had a great first day. The second day let you down because you put Blaney and Brad Keselowski together when they took each other out. That took your chances away. That was an absolute bummer. But overall all good job observers thank goodness you guys are on here saving my ass because obviously I can't make the right pick so the law of the land still stands and then crazy Corrado you may be crazy but you know how to pick them so that will conclude that congratulations now before we go let's look at something real quick we've had a lot of news getting covered this weekend and this week I want to look over the silly season of 2021 so let's do a quick segment on that before we sign off Hey, look at that! A little bit of a throwback music. Back when I was just the Vanilla wafer NASCAR podcast. When I was just having arguments with myself, and I had people like arrogant analysts and Momo coming on here on a daily basis. Not anymore, though. Now we got people to talk to. E, what the hell is this supposed to mean, sir? Oh, Momo, don't take it like that. Just relax. Oh, come on, Vanilla wafers You, you know, know that this podcast has been dying ever since, since you took me, took me off the, off the main, main panel. panel. <laughs> guys we're not doing this right now we're talking about the 2021 silly season now for people who do not know what silly season means it's basically almost like draft day for NASCAR I don't know why exactly they call it silly season but this is where they have contract signing sponsorship all that good stuff and there's been a lot of news that's been going on in the last couple of weeks I'm first going to start off with the first one and that is Tyler Reddick has signed on for another year with RCR there was rumors that he could potentially go to the number 40 machine or the number 48 machine with Rick Henrick. However, he just announced on Twitter, as well as RCR did as well, that he will be staying for another season in the number 8 car. So Tyler Reddick is locked into the number 8 car for 2021 with RCR. And Eric Jones, driver in the number 20 machine, if you guys were paying attention during the Michigan race, has been just announced that he is not going to be returning back in the number 20 machine. So his pleads to Joe Gibbs to keep him in the number 20 car, which would be a burrito for him. we just not listened to they just said nope never mind you're getting kicked out of this car but don't worry there seems to be a lot of spots where he could potentially be in including the number 42 car or even the number 14 car maybe the number 48 car but if I had to make a guess there's a nice nice sweet deal over there with Gaunt Brothers Racing where you can race with your old teammate Daniel Suarez in the number 96 machine now that would be horrible to happen to Eric Jones but I was just trying to say that because it was funny because Daniel Suarez basically had the same thing happen to him he got kicked out of that car he got moved to the number 41 he got kicked out once again and then he was just shaking hands with Gaunt Brothers Racing just trying to do a full-time schedule so hopefully that doesn't happen to Eric Jones he has a lot of talent but we shall see And Christopher Bell, no surprise here, but he has signed on with the number 20 machine to drive for that car in the 2021 season since the number 95 team has shut down their doors after the 2020 season. So basically, this is what happened here. I I can see it right now. Toyota executives basically were just like, all right, gentlemen, uh, get on your knees real quick. I am going to pull down my pants to reveal my cheeks. And whoever can kiss my ass the most and the best is going to be the one that's going to be driving." I mean, that number 20 machine. All right, go ahead. Oh, that was a very good one, Christopher Bell. That was a very good pucker and a very good delivery. Overall, a really good ass kiss. All right, Eric Jones, let's see what you got. Oh, oh, what, what the hell was that? Oh, what, did you just bite? That's it, Yup, you're done. You're no longer gonna be with the number 20 car. Get on out of here. Christopher Bell, congratulations. Welcome to the number 20 machine. We'll have you scheduled every single Thursday to perform that kiss. And lastly, let's talk about Bubba Wallace. So, it's either been the number 42 car or the number 43 car. That's where he's going to be. Now, it actually was leaked that he was already had partial ownership with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports back in 2019. They're trying to give him more ownership. So, maybe if he stays with it, it would be Bubba Petty Motorsports. Uh, I, I actually like that name. That would be really good. But... Um, He's already been in talks with the number 42. He actually even talked about it being quite open, which we usually never hear a driver talk about that stuff. But they've been talking to him now. I would say that the number 42 car would be definitely the faster car to go with. However, they've struggled really, really bad this year. I know they lost uh, Kyle Larson. They also lost Chad Johnson. Actually, they replaced him. However... It's been um, not really the strongest car that we're used to seeing, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see what Bubba Wallace goes with, because right now, it looks like the 43 car might be better. However, overall, in the long run, we do know they've had sponsorship rows, and with Chip Ganassi, he wouldn't have to worry about that too much, so we shall see, but overall, that is what has happened this week in the 2021 silly season. Definitely more news to come here in the future, but it's been pretty crazy, so we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll add that from a new segment from here on out. And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode. We actually covered a lot. We talked about both the races at Michigan. We also talked about the Fantasy Live. And we got to talk about the 2021 season. Some drivers on where they're going to be going. So overall, I say it was a really, really good episode. Just covered it in under 27 minutes. Wow. Speedster. Maybe it was National Lazy Day because I just rammed through that stuff as fast as possible, but (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.